Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Transitional. <laughs> Coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including treasonable studios, some things don't change, with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. She is a comedian, world traveler, economist, and the host and creator of the Villains of History podcast, Kat Alvarado. Welcome, Kat. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Thanks for being with us. Uh, it's It's been a while, and uh, we've got some, some things to talk about that I know we've talked about before. So looking forward to getting to those. Also looking forward to introducing our next panelist, who is fresh off the most recent performance of her one-woman show, Once Upon a Kidney. Ladies and gentlemen, it is comedian Amy Wittry. So glad to have you back with us. Welcome. Thank you, David. Nice to be here again. Good to have you. Yeah, it's been a while. Like you, Yeah, I, I've you had know, a job. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's good for, good for you, though. Like our loss, but you're here today. And that's what's important. <laughs> As always, we are also joined by comedian, scholar, and the black voice of reason. It is always a pleasure to introduce Mr. Time and Ship. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Dave. Power to the people. Good to be here. As we uh, move forward. That's all I can say to that. Move forward. And that is what it is about. Me, I'm I'm Dr. David Robinson, your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse, not to mention the current one, fingers crossed. And we do have so much to talk about, but first, a brief message from our sponsors, Community Spread. It's morning in America, and people are waking up to the great taste of Community Spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches. Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread. Unmitigated Spread. It's time for a second peek. <laughs> and by the way, since she is here, thanks to Kat Alvarado for uh, doing some voice work on that. Connor McIntyre also heard in there. Just real quick before we get into everything... Because a lot of people have asked me, you know, and friends have said, dude, you'd like, you, you soak in, in politics and news all the time. And you do this show every week. How do you not go insane? 
And my answer is, well, it's really easy. I did that years ago. So once you get that out of the way, you're fine. But there's, there is still like uh, overdosing and stuff and you do have to back off. And before the election, uh, I had been talking to Kat about voicing another ad for the show. We were going to do a, a campaign ad for, for Trump and Pence with the slogan, let's put the plague back in playground. And I, you know, it was a, it was a fun idea. I threw some graphics together and what it came down to was I needed to sit and listen to some of Trump's speeches and his press conferences when he was talking about reopening the schools and I couldn't do it. It was, you know, I had reached my saturation point. It was just yeah. like, I, I stew in this. I, I read the news like when I'm not working or trying to have something of a life. And every time I sat down to listen to Trump speeches, even where it was like, I knew the rough idea of where the quote I was looking for was going to be. It was just like, nope, nah, can't do it. So for those who, who ask about that and those who wonder, you know, there you go. Uh, we, we all reach our breaking points, but we are here breaking news potentially who knows we usually release these 12 hours after we record them so that's not really on the plate but it is day 12 of election day uh happy happy day 12 of election day it is infrastructure week i believe isn't it always and it is also i found this interesting it's national pickle day and national seatbelt day yeah which i i find interesting because i've been thinking a lot about how when seatbelts became mandatory, there were a lot of people, you know, yelling about individual freedoms and you can't make me wear that. And if I want to jettison through the front windshield of my Buick, that's my right as an American. And then uh, they started enforcing the laws and, and people stopped dying quite so much. And I've been thinking about, you know, masks as a seatbelt for your face. Uh, so, you know, and so I, I find the, the confluence of these two national days interesting because, uh, look at what a pickle we've gotten into because people won't wear seatbelts on their face. As of today, we have 244,200 Americans dead from the coronavirus. And 10,818,600 confirmed cases, including 130 Secret Service agents, and as long as we're doing numbers, 666 immigrant children who remain separated from their parents because Trump's America. I, I did find it sort of hilarious that we've got all these conspiracy theorists on the right and the actual number of separated children which previously had been believed to be 545 was upped to a number a, a human number its number is 666 oh q iron God. maiden yeah i i did find that interesting but we're we're talking about the numbers and uh, this is just my warped comedian brain or the recognition that my brain is warped which is what made me go into comedy when when we still hadn't hit 10 million cases you know like it 
I don't think it's even a thing anymore, but it used to be a thing like, you know, when a grocery store got their 10 millionth customer, like a sign would drop and balloons, like they had everything already. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if they did something like that for the 10 millionth coronavirus victim? But instead of balloons, it was like ventilators because the Trump administration just doesn't get anything right. So uh, then you would have people arguing, well, he didn't die from the coronavirus. He was he was crushed by a, a veritable waterfall of, of ventilators. But fortunately, that didn't happen. But we we hit like uh, four days this week, four days in a row. We broke new records for coronavirus cases, four days running. You, you look at the growth factor of this last week, there were just under a million fewer cases. So we almost had, you know, it's taken us seven months to almost hit 10 million. And then in a week, we get nearly a million cases. So, um, you know, the messaging we're getting from the White, or we're getting from the White House at the beginning of the month that no one was going to be talking about this after after Election Day. Uh, we're, we're still talking about it. Thought, thoughts? I mean, I feel like I've just, like, depressed well, everyone think, in the room. I'm looking at the screen, and everyone's just kind of like, oh, fuck. Yeah. No, I, I really think that Trump has seen the coronavirus as a political tool rather than as something that's really costing people their lives. I, I read an article recently that their suspicion that, you know, when they found out that it was spreading in blue states instead of red states, that they let it go because they saw this opportunity not only to let Democratic voters die, but also to to do this play that they did where they got everybody in the mail-in ballots. To, you know, dem- they made it politicized. They got Democrats to mail in their ballots and then have tried to invalidate that. And that made it been their plan all along. Yeah. And as part of that, he saw, okay, well, after the election's over, we don't need to have coronavirus anymore because I will have won. And then I can just downplay it. So that's- his, his, his game plan went out the window when he, he told, you know, Republicans always send in mail-in ballots. That's how they always voted. You know, then all of a sudden, you know, Here's the coronavirus. You tell people, hey, don't don't mail in. You need to show up. Well, the Democrats went opposite and they mailed in and beat him. He actually showed them how to do it. And they voted early. And you give you know, you, that's why you love people like Stacey Abrams, who got out there and made some things happen. You know, I mean, they really got the vote out of some grassroots stuff that was done. And he got beaten. You know, and he didn't expect Pittsburgh, Philly, you know. Yeah. Power to the people, Dave. Power well, to the people. Black I, folks came out and <laughs> lit his ass up. Yeah, no, and I we, we're definitely going to be talking more about the, the vote and the minority vote. I just, real quick, I want to focus on the COVID because one of the one of the things that I've, I still have issues with, with the whole idea of, messaging and and communicating and that the the trump crowd and their fans are like eating everything up believing it's a hoax masks don't do anything and it's it's not enough 
to see, you know, I mean, granted, if, if, you know, we live in LA or in the LA area, we don't see what's happening in Omaha firsthand. You know, we, we read about it in the papers or, you know, our trusted news sources, which are trusted news sources, uh, not, you know, just more sanctimonious propaganda from the right. But it's, it's one thing to ignore what's happening in a smaller community that you don't see. But the Trump administration is something that no matter what party you follow or where you're getting your news, if you're getting news at all, you're seeing the White House. You're, you're seeing what's happening in D.C. And like I said, you know, when we were doing the numbers, 130 Secret Service agents diagnosed or quarantining the the next big wave that's happened presumably as as a result of election day gatherings but they got ben carson you know that the man's a fucking doctor you got Rand paul who you know also had it and is ostensibly a doctor but there's there's the old joke you know what do you call the guy who graduates at the bottom of his class in medical school doctor why do you think i'm a doctor well for me i paid 20 bucks to an internet church that's a totally different story but uh, but, but the thing is like when when trump said i'm getting the best people like you're you're totally not getting the best people these these so-called doctors you know i mean scott atlas who who knows nothing about virology he's he's a radiologist and a tv radiologist at that this is your coronavirus advisor? Like, Well, honestly, it's all about leadership. It, everything comes from the top, and, and that's true in organizations as well as countries. And Trump wasn't taking it seriously, and therefore his followers were never going to take it seriously. Had he done the opposite, had he actually taken it seriously, worn his masks, they would be complying. They would absolutely be complying. We wouldn't even need a government mandate for masks because they would go, oh, wow, this is serious too. Our leader said so. It's really on Trump. But, Everything's but, you know, when on you, him. When you, when you sell disinformation, the man has flat out selling the disinformation. They were never going to get it. I mean, when you're dealing with someone that's actually going against an epidemiologist, and he's selling you the information that that hey, you can you can just drink bleach or whatever. <laughs> I mean, he did it. If you have to give him, if you want to say, did he do a masterful job at selling? This information, yes, he did. Because why else would someone still to this day can believe this shit is a hoax? That people are sitting there watching their family members die. That we have over almost 250,000 people dead. And they said, we're rounding the curve. And you're still buying that shit? Well, and I feel like, you know, you know when you see like infomercials or, or you know, commercials for, for quackery type cures and, and fixes where it always has like the, the fine print superimposition at the bottom of the screen results, not typical. I feel like we should have those every time, like someone from the Trump administration goes on TV to talk about, well, I had coronavirus and I'm just fine. You know, I mean, it's, it's I like mean, these people, as has been telling. pointed out, they, they get top medical care. They, uh, yeah. What, what was it Dave Chappelle uh, said on, on SNL? You know, it's like his medical plan, he gets a helicopter to pick him up on his front lawn, take him to Walter Reed and get experimental medications that nobody else is getting. 
Hey, it's, not not all of them get those medications. Not all of them get better. Don't forget Herman Cain. Yeah. Hello. Well, he didn't get that though. Herman did not get a cocktail. No. He, well, he, that's he that's what Cat's saying. Yeah, is is he got the virus, but he didn't yeah, get he the, the meds. Virus, but he didn't get the cocktail. That that cocktail that Trump got would cost an average American a hundred thousand dollars to get. They gave him something that they knew, and they gave it to him immediately. That's why he would never tell you if he had pneumonia. Such he a waste of money. That information because they know that you you are lucky to be alive, and I don't know, Dave. You were saying that hey, you know, we, we got all of it, and they're still buying it. There's still seventy two million people voted for him. Hell yeah, they're still buying. I don't know what else. Even I mean, you can't even talk to them. They still. You don't still believe that you did. You see the the a governor of South Dakota. She's still stating, oh no, no mass mandate and. Uh, you know, the count's not in yet. We can't do blah, blah, blah. No, I'm not buying that. The Democrats are such and such. And you're like, really? It's You're still selling it? It's like Kevin Bacon in the in the uh, last scene of Animal House, you know, where he's like the ROTC guy and everyone's rioting and he's standing in the middle. You know, <laughs> everything oh is fine. God. Remain calm. All is well. Remain <laughs> calm. And gets flattened like a like wily e. coyote in a cartoon but this is this is the thing that we have talked and i have complained multiple times on the show and we'll be doing it later in the episode about democratic messaging you know and a lot of people are, oh well you know you have to you have to be able to talk to these people you can't call them stupid it's like yeah but they're stupid i mean you know and i get that you're supposed to talk to them like children no, but well, it's when they, look what well, th- this but, is the thing though. Like they refuse to acknowledge basic facts. It's like, if you can't even get on the same page, like what the fuck does Democrat messaging even matter? You know, and it is a problem, but if these people that you're trying to reach out to refuse to acknowledge basic truth, hmm. <laughs> Right. I mean, collectively, we're a selfish country. It's always individualism over the greater good of people. So the fact there that it's go. completely gone rampant without any leadership from the top down is very fucking on brand for America. I mean, it's very much people don't want to wear masks. They don't want to stop doing what they're doing because they want to keep doing their thing because they're selfish. We're selfish, you know, and hence why we see people still out traveling and pretending that life is just all normal. And yeah, we're at 200 and what, 45,000 deaths now, please. We'll absolutely break all of the records for it. That's just who we are. And it's gross. Well, absolutely. Know, I, I, I couldn't I, agree I more. I totally agree with you. I mean, I've been saying that for a while that, you know, where's the humanity? You can't have, there isn't any, you know, I mean, like where the said, we're the country that won't have uh, universal health care. Yeah. Hopefully we will. But if we can't even agree, like just fundamentally, that health care is a human right because people want a tax return to buy a bigger screen TV, mm-hmm. then then of course yeah. we're going to be selfish. We yeah. absolutely are, Amy. I agree. Yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, too, then it's, it's all politicized from the top all the way down. And then here is exactly where we are. It's so gross and so sad. And time and you even said, you know, people watching their family members die, if they're even lucky. Most of them are like maybe via FaceTime or if they've got a really, you know, 
access to a great nurse who will let them know. But most people just find out that their loved ones died and they watch them slowly from a distance, which is heartbreaking as well. All those people dying by themselves, like, God, it's like, oh. Yeah, I mean, it's people's, and, and we think about it sometimes, too, in the abstract, in my opinion. We go, oh, yeah, somebody died. But it's like, if you pause and really meditate on that, like, what if it was your mother, your father, your your loved one? And, like, really put yourself in their shoes, though. Because for me personally, like, I and my family tend to be on the spectrum. So it's very easy for me to divorce myself from feelings and just think about facts and numbers. That is the nature of my brain. So I have to actually pause and think about it. Um, and I think a lot of people are kind of like that, where they they get divorced from from the emotion of the facts. Mm -hmm. If you really lean into that, it is heavy. It is so heavy to think, you know, what if I couldn't see my mother pass away and couldn't be there? My mom actually couldn't be there for her mom. She missed the flight. She didn't miss the flight. The The flight was delayed because um, her, her condition went down like really rapidly. And um, my mom was on the flight on the way there when my grandmother passed. And she was devastated to, to not get to be there. Now, times 250,000. Mm -hmm. yeah. That That's... It's so much. It's a lot. I, I, uh, is there some way that this could be criminal on them? Because I, I really believe this could have been avoided. A yeah. lot of this could have been avoided if they would have just listened to the scientists. We had the stuff. If they would have done the things that are necessary. I saw a great documentary. Uh, well, I guess, well, it wasn't a documentary. It's called, uh, the book's called Apollo's Arrow. And they did us, they were just reading the book that, the doctors were when it, when it hit Wuhan, we were there. We had mm -hmm. an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. We, we knew all about this shit. Yeah, we could. I mean, the, 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 I mean, he left you, Obama. I don't care what you hate the guy. You know, you he left you a a pandemic book yes. on how to deal with this shit. Yes, he could have became a superstar. I mean, Trump. All he had to do was just. Do, do the what right they thing. Asked him to do, but he <laughs> would not do it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And the PPE. Um, I don't know if you guys have watched the documentary Totally Under Control. It's on Hulu. Highly recommend it. And one of the things that really got to me was uh <laughs> they said so when there is the PPE crisis and we have to get enough PPE to the healthcare workers, how are we going to do it? How are we going to get the ventilators? And he goes, oh, we have a team. Jared Kushner has assembled a team and they're on it. That team was interns. Mm -hmm. It was a bunch of 20-year-old interns just put into a conference room with no guidance, no instructions, just some laptops. And they're like, can you help us out with this? No, they would have been better off like calling Chris Christie in on it because, you know, being being from Jersey and being the kind of person he is, you you know, there are some things that, you know, problems that you bring to Chris Christie and he will look at you and go, don't worry about it. I got a guy and <laughs> you, you got to figure, you know, that if you would let you're dealing with all these criminals and, you know, malfeasance use their criminal skills to your advantage that's that's the thing it's like that this administration had so many opportunities even to use like their negative traits for the greater good yes yes and they they didn't and you know what does that say about them and that sort of brings <laughs> us to our next issue because 
you know, we, we've sort of talked a little bit about the messaging and everything. And I want to talk about uh, the Georgia special elections coming up in November, because as part of this whole Trump trying to seize power and deny reality, Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue, who are the two Republicans that are going to be facing off against Democrats in in runoff elections in January, both in in the past weeks have tried to float the the theory that the Republican Secretary of State of Georgia created a, a malfeasant election and he needs to step down and. I was I was thinking about like the the democratic messaging and time and you brought up Stacey Abrams doing her thing which it's I think everybody needs to kind of take a back seat and follow her lead like let Stacey Abrams run the show and and get this done but I was thinking about how it would be easy for the democrats to go after Purdue and Loeffler saying, you know, that rather than accept reality and move forward and advance and try and keep the country going forward, they instead chose to make this all about them. And well, I think in normal times, that might actually play, that might be good. We, we are living in a world now where when Republican politicians say something, it doesn't fucking matter. You know, time and you were you were talking earlier about the supercut of of all the Republicans in 2016 talking about how Democrats were whining and couldn't handle the fact that they lost the election and snowflakes and blah blah blah. Well, 5 years ago when Obama wanted to get hearings to put Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court, Hmm. Lindsey Graham said, well, you can use my words against me, but we would right. do the same thing. And so people used his words against him. And what did we get? Amy COVID Barrett. So the the thing is, we we are now in a world where Republicans refuse to be held accountable. And the people who need to hold them accountable are the ones that we've been talking about who believe all of their bullshit. Well, here's the thing about those people and about Republicans. They are in. So, okay, let's fundamentally agree that people want power, right? Anybody who's in politics wants to win and they want to get to the top. It's the Game of Thrones, right? And here's the thing. The voters do not believe reality anymore. And you saw that with Fox. Fox has lost a bunch of viewers in the last week because they called the election with the accurate truth. (laughs) They actually said the truth. And well, you know, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, they they called Arizona on like the third or the fourth. The the viewers revolted or uh, they're still revolting. But here it is 12 days later. And it's like the the correction is buried on page 12. You know, it's like, uh, you know, but I think that's that's interesting. And that's one of the things that a lot of people have been talking about saying, oh, well, you know, this is all just Trump's move to start his own network. And first of all, come on, Trump doesn't start businesses. He takes existing ones and puts his name on them and runs them into the ground. So I think it's much more likely that he's going to take like a leadership position and rebrand OAN 
as mm, the Trump or, network. Or Newsmax. Yeah. And yeah. I, I agree with that. But I think my main point in bringing that up was that if so, the, the networks are subject to this, right? Mm-hmm. They have to get the viewers and they have to show the viewers what they want or else they don't have a business. And likewise, politicians are the same. Politicians have to give the voters what they want. And unfortunately, what Georgia voters, what Republican voters want are people who parrot the party line. And by party line, I don't mean the reality one. I mean the the right. conspiracy theory Trump line. Because um, these aren't really Republicans. These are Trumplicans. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, at this yeah. point, he's corrupted the party enough that I, I, Republicans have to recognize that this is who they are. I mean, as Americans. And I mean, it, it was like a huge margin by which Biden won. But still, the, the sheer number of people who still voted for Trump after the last four years is is frightening and you know i mean even if you recognized that the fact that we're surrounded by assholes and idiots even if you knew that before you know kind of like cat what you were saying about the looking at covid deaths like when you look at them as actual deaths and not just numbers on a page same thing with people who voted for trump it's not just numbers on a page it's the people who are you know secretly or not so secretly racist that are walking through the supermarket same time as you are i read an article it was actually published in in july it it referred to the democrats hamburger problem and that concept it was by um one of the guys from left right and center and it's this whole concept that uh, Democrats have lost or, or or really put off a lot of middle class folks or working class folks, blue collar, um, because we're annoying, <laughs> to put it very bluntly. Uh, the hamburger problem is that, you know, you get a guy who wants to eat a hamburger and watch football on a Sunday and he feels like that's a normal activity. And all of a sudden, Democrats come along and make him feel like shit because football is problematic. And the burger has too big of a carbon footprint. And the team he's watching has a racist name. And now by just doing something that he always saw as ordinary, he's a racist, evil, white male. Yeah. And I would say 80% to 90% of the things Democrats take a stand on are right and non-negotiable. But it's that 10% of bullshit. It's that extra stuff that just alienates people and we lose big and consequential chunks of the electorate. Well, also when you call them on, but you know, the truths are coming out. One thing the pandemic did, it exposed all that underlying crap. I mean, the, 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 the white supremacists are not wearing hoods anymore. Everybody's yeah. out. Well, yeah. yeah, but I mean, the the thing about exposing it, it's kind of going back to what Kat was saying at the beginning of, of her spiel there, talking about how you don't get into politics if you don't want power. It is about the acquisition of power. But I, I think the difference between what we've seen in recent history between the Democrats and the Republicans is the Republicans want power for the sake of power. Democrats want power so they can accomplish things and move the nation forward. So, yeah, I mean, it's 
the the pandemic, the Trump presidency. This is all no, no, no. no. But the the what I'm saying is like yes, the the pandemic and Trump's presidency has brought a lot of you know the the ugliness out from under the carpet, but like shining a light on it isn't enough. Now that we're all aware of it, the the question is, what do we do about it? I mean, I think that a lot of it. As I was going to say that. You, you, we didn't get the opportunity. You didn't get the opportunity. Uh, I mean, because for the last four years, they've been they've been doing whatever they wanted to do. Okay, now it's out, and you have an opportunity. You saw you can get the vote, but like you said, okay, what am I going to do? It well, you're going to have to. They're going to get called to the floor because you, Democrats are dealing with progressiveness as well as they're dealing with the moderate. Because Joe's a moderate. He's in the middle. And you, but you got some progressives that said, "Hey, I voted for you. You're gonna have to give me something of at least close to what I asked for." That's what Bernie, uh, who was the I forget the one black woman that helped him out that you saw on ABC that was also stating that she's a progressive. They're gonna have to give the things that they want. But you also got to know, unless if unless they can tie up the the Senate to where Kamala will be the one that gets everything over. So if they can come 50-50 in the Senate to get rid of Mitch. Because you know, Mitch is, if, if not, Mitch will do the same thing to Joe that he did to Obama. Yeah. Well, you know? so, what you know, it comes down to the, the Georgia special elections. And, you know, we've talked about this in uh, last week. We talked about it a lot. You know, before last week, we were talking about it in theoretical tones. But we have seen with, Pennsylvania with uh, Georgia, the the black and African American community are the ones who gave the election in in those markets to Biden, and in Arizona, it was the the Native Americans. <coughs> Florida, however, and this is one of the things that I was referencing at the beginning of the show that I wanted to to talk to Cat about Florida, where the Latino, Latinx, whatever you want to call it, population, and I mean that literally like you, it's it's not up to me to decide what they're called, but there is a lot of diversity. You can't just talk about, oh, the Latin vote, because you've got folks from Cuba and South America and Central America who are vehemently opposed to socialists because of what they've seen in their native countries. And for the Cubans, it's, it's beyond socialism into communism. But we, you know, we had, we've talked about this before and what I don't understand is where the communication breakdown is that like, yes, I, I do understand that, you know, like looking at Nicaragua, for instance, where Kat's family is from, where, you know, when I was growing up in the 80s, Daniel Ortega was a good guy. He was a freedom fighter trying to take down the fascists, and he won. And freedom fighters came in, and hey, what do you know? Power corrupts. And Ortega has pretty much become exactly what he was fighting against at the beginning of his career. But here in America, where you have... Folks like Bernie, like AOC and the squad, Democratic Socialists, who 
talk about socialism and the Republicans who like haven't, they didn't even dip their toes into fascism. They jumped right into the pool in the last four years. And so you're seeing actual fascism marching forward, advancing to take away the, the rights of the American people that are enshrined in the constitution. And in the face of that, the, the Republicans put up a, a you know, a, a straw man of socialism knowing well here's here's why it was easy it was easy because you know what ortega and and castro call their communism they call it socialism mm-hmm. uh, this in in latin america they have hardly been calling it communism they call it socialism so it's very easy to be conflated and i think when the bernies and the aocs of america call like when they were so in their own bubble and with their heads up their own asses to start calling it socialism. That was their first mistake and shows that they don't know people like right. they only know their bubble of liberal elites on the coast. They don't apparently they've never spoken to people from Florida. They don't even know the history of Cuba and Nicaragua enough to understand the fact that even Castro called it socialism. So to just jump in and call it socialism is just that's like the whole defund the police thing. They right. don't think about, okay, what are the optics of using these specific words? They just go, we're going to use these words. And that is ass backwards. And as somebody whose profession is market research, like that's what I do. I want to pull my hair out. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Pepsi it's- doesn't do anything without focus groups and surveys. <laughs> so there was- of course we're going to choose stupid, like, yeah. In- no, Bad well, choices. years ago, uh, Nick Cage hosted Saturday Night Live, and there was this great sketch where he and his wife, who is very pregnant, are discussing potential baby names. And everything she pitches, he's shooting down with, like, what are the bullies going to say? No, this is how you, you name the kid that. This is how they're going to be made fun of. And I mean, it's like over the top, like how sensitive he is. And at, at the end of the sketch, you know, doorbell rings. It's like a UPS guy. I got a package for Asswipe Johnson. And he's like, Aswipe. The name is Aswipe. But the thing is, the, and the relevance is that Democrats need to do this with everything in terms of messaging. Is you've got to do your own oppo research on what are they going to do to take this down? How can we how can we phrase this in a way that gets to the meat of what we want to do without using scary buzzwords and and handing the Republicans the victory before we've even started the marketing campaign? Anything well, part know, of the, but, oh. but you know what, Dave? You know, the fact that Americans are still so fucking stupid that you're trying to just that you're trying to downplay social like socialism is such a bad word. That I got to look at it as a bad word. You're still telling me that I that you don't want everybody to have medical. That everybody, you know, you like. Oh, we don't want to pay taxes. Everybody pays taxes. Quit saying that you don't want to be for your fellow man. I don't look at socialism as a bad word. I look at it as the word that look. If we don't, it's just like with the pandemic. You fix the pandemic, then you can get the economy going. No, we're not going to shut down the whole economy. But if you're not going to give me the money, which is what? Socialism. That stimulus package is socialism. 
what I would three, what I would that, like to do is is take a group, take a few focus groups of white males, white male Republicans, and I want to like give them a blind thing. I'm going to tell them I'm a Republican too. I'm going to serve them up a policy. And I'm going to make them come up with the names for that policy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that would be brilliant. And that's and, and, that's and how that, they do it in, in corporations to name things. You have focus groups. I would do numerous focus groups. And then I would do a survey to test those names out. And then I'm going to go, this is what we're calling this. It's not socialism. It's not progressivism. It's this thing. And that's how you sell shit. Yeah. But I mean, also, but you know, Kat, that. We also have to keep dealing with the fear of the white man. Okay, this is just a white boy who's afraid that he's losing his shit, that he's not going to control. You live in an, a, a melting pot, and yes, women are moving forward. Get over it. You got black folks moving forward. You have all this. You, you, you know, I don't even have a problem with a person calling himself a Republican, but now these guys aren't even Republicans. These aren't Republicans. Well, I mean, you you got. The, the Lincoln Project, those are the last real conservative Republican people. And then you still got the, the Democrat who, who, who is there, which Joe is a moderate. He's in the middle. You always end up in the middle. You're never going to go way left. They're not going to let that happen. And they're going to get it's never going to go way right. Well, I, I disagree with that. I think we went way right in the last four years. I do agree that we aren't going to go way left. <laughs> well, that ain't right, Dave. The, the, what you're dealing with, that's if that was right, then the Tea Party would still be around. The Tea Party's gone. What happened to the Tea Party? The, the Tea Party project, evolved into QAnon. Those guys aren't even considered that. The, look, the Tea Party was, it started, it was started by guys who may have actually cared about tax issues, but ultimately it was about riling up the population. It was, the Tea Party became QAnon. And mm -hmm. it's, this is, this is what, yeah, this is, and I hate to say it's a problem that Democrats care, but this is one of the benefits of not giving a shit about your followers and, and seeing them only as, as being there to serve the purpose of cranking up your numbers and getting your votes. The, the tea party never gave a shit about poor people and their taxes. The tea party cared about riling these people up against a black president framing it as, as an argument about taxes, much in the way that, the Southern well, folks they, they really like to frame slavery. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's the same way the, the, the Southerners believe that, well, no, the, the whole Confederacy thing, that wasn't about slavery. That was about states' rights. States' rights to do what? Have slaves. But it's states' rights. <laughs> it's, it's a states' rights that's issue. And so that's, that's, you know, this is the problem. Like the Republicans don't give a shit about the destruction they leave in their wake. We get you on your side. We just need you long enough to, to vote for our guys and be very loud complaining about the other guys. And that's how we're going to win. And that's how we are going to maintain power. It's just Game of Thrones. It's yeah. Game of Thrones. And it's radicalizing people. That too. I mean, you've seen a lot of that happen. People just get slowly ostracized or off put by, you know, a few Twitter trolls. And then uh, they feel like they don't belong, and then they fall deeper and deeper into into the far right. Well, and I uh -huh. think one of the problems, and I, I'm sure you know, I know I have, so I, I think I can safely speak for everyone on the panel and tell me if I'm wrong. But being comedians, 
there there have been a number of times in my life where people take me less seriously because they know I'm a comedian. It's it's just, you know, what people do. So earlier this week, the the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, or as President elect Biden said, <laughs> Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. <laughs> Uh, which I thought was hilarious. But I think, Kat, you're probably too young to remember this. Amy, you might be, but back when Reagan was president and he was getting ready to uh, do an address on TV and his mic was live, and for his sound check, he he said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is President Reagan. Oh, and we have a caller. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, but uh, Reagan, as part of his mic check, said, uh, we, we have launched a nuclear attack against Russia. The missiles are flying. God bless America. And, and people got really bent out of shape about that. And that was before he was on camera. That was when he was just checking his mic. So Secretary of State Mike Pompeo this week was asked if the reticence of the White House to accept the election results was a threat to national security because it was interfering with a smooth transition of power. And Pompeo said, possibly jokingly, we don't know. We really don't know. Pompeo said, yeah, there's going to be a smooth transition into a second Trump administration. And you know, there are certain jobs where you're you're not allowed to, to make jokes. And so, it, is it just me? Was this Pompeo's Ronald Reagan moment of like, sounds, what the fuck are you doing on a live mic, dumbass? Sounds like it. He, he, I think he's just trash talking. That sounds like trash talking to me. Ah, uh, well, I think he was, I, you know, whenever they say that they're joking, you know, no one's laughing. Okay? Yeah. Well, and they're testing the waters. I'm taking you serious. You're an idiot. Like Joe said, really? Okay. So I think this is like, this is the Republican version of the the test marketing and focus groups that Kat was talking about. You have your secretary of state go out and just say very matter of factly with not just matter of factly, but with the smug laugh that insinuates, what are you going to do about it? And you, you, have him say yep we're we're fuck the voters we're we're maintaining power here in dc and you see how it flies and just putting it out there it plants the seed well they've been planting a bunch of seeds they've been planting and they've been good at it i have to give them you know but to get 72 million people to follow you you planted some really good i mean that tells you where we are, and that, and they said, "Oh, Obama divided us." Really? Not oh like no, I I think um the seeds were planted decades ago. Satanic panic, frankly. <laughs> I I mean it. I've been listening to this podcast all about it, and it's been opening my eyes because right now, you those seventy million people, a lot of them think that Democrats are pedophiles who make baby sacrifices and then drink the blood so that we can look young. No, I assure you, it's just Juvederm, but okay. Uh, <laughs> Wait, why do you got to bring the Jews into it? Uh, no, but that's, I mean, that's but, where this whole, was, like, drinking the blood of children thing comes from, is the old... That's true. <coughs> excuse me, anti-Semitic tropes about, you know, Jews using the blood of Christian children to make our matzahs for our rituals. Yeah, and they just took that stuff, and then they, they put it on 
people like Hillary Clinton. They put it on rock music. They put it. They it, it came into the culture war. What in like the eighties, right? It yeah. started being like heavy oh metal, my god, look heavy at these metal rock in the 80s. artists. They are all satanic. They must be doing baby sacrifices. And then well, in the nineties, it was Columbine, and it basically got associated with Democrats, and then has morphed into this, which has now even gotten bigger and it's not even satanic panic anymore it's turned into fascism but it it that's that's where it started that's well what, that's in my opinion. that's the easy thing and this is how religion and and cults work is you put something forward a proposition that can't be disproven like the whole idea of an omniscient god you know or a, a principled republican you can't prove that these things exist <laughs> but you can't necessarily disprove it either. And so when you get that nugget, you know, where it just comes down to pure faith, you just, you know, parappa the rapper, you got to believe. Yeah. And people can really take advantage of that and twist it for nefarious means. Yeah. And going back to the idea that you can't hold Republicans to precedent anymore. One of the other things that just mystifies me and endlessly frustrates me when, when being told we can't call these people stupid is the, the big you know, Republican revelation that they had a postal worker who had documented proof of voter fraud, uh, which came down to seeing something on a post-it note that was, you know, bullshit anyway. And then the postal worker recanted their statement, said that the statement was written by Project Veritas, who are the same guys that were, you know, in trouble for robocalls in Michigan and Ohio and other places in the Midwest telling African, largely African-American voters that uh, the man is using mail-in ballots to, to track you down. So, you know, and Veritas has been behind so many other Republican schemes that fall apart embarrassingly. So a, a rational person would ask, why do they, why do the Republicans keep using this? Why do they keep going to these guys to, well, to even, do dirty well, work? Trump even stated that, you know, and he's, you know, if everybody voted through ballot, Republicans would never win. Yeah, but the, the 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 thing, the point is though, is that they're using the same liars who have been proven to be liars over and over and over again, and people still. Well, sure, you know, they they were lying like the last twenty times they came up with something, but uh, well, that, you know, let's see what they have to give us now. Uh, his game plan, remember, he tried to use the same game plan for, for Biden, you know, with the same lies. That's why he wanted to use the Hunter Biden thing, all that. And they said that's what got him in trouble, that it didn't work. You can't use the same game plan that you used. Christie even told him, you can't do it. You can try to tell those same lies, but you're going to lose. And he got his butt kicked. I mean, but he Biden did. He still got like a shitload of votes. There I'm are still that, enough that, people. That still blows me away too. I'm, I'm still blown. He still got that bit, but that game plan did not work. And it was because of the extras that the minorities came out and voted, you know, and that's what took him down because of Philadelphia. 
Pittsburgh, those other counties, those are all Democratic counties. Oh, did you guys hear about the Navajo Nation? That that yeah. was a really inspiring thing. I think I sent it to you, Dave. Arizona, Biden won Arizona because of the Navajo Nation. Uh, yeah, it, it, look it up. It, it's beautiful um, that apparently, well, this isn't so beautiful. Trump forgot to campaign with the indigenous people of the country. So he didn't even go to the Navajo Nation, didn't talk to them, didn't say anything. Biden actually went in in several states to speak with the indigenous communities. And he brought a policy plan for how he was going to help them, help them fight COVID, help them get funding for their public schools, like actually cared and even went to some ceremonies for them, some memorials, was very respectful and kind and caring. And so there were people in the Navajo Nation community that rode horses on they rode on horseback through the desert for two hours to get to the poles which is amazing and when i read that i cried for 20 minutes because i was so touched <laughs> no <laughs> i donated 30 bucks to the the navajo hopi health foundation it's well and that's one of the things i kind of makes me wonder if trump even if he had wanted to if he could have because i saw so many news stories about reservations where the you know the there was a highway interstate highway that goes through the res and they were checking people for for covid and doing temperature checks so the with oh, yeah. with all of the the folks in Trump's circle who've been getting the covid and they haven't been wearing the masks it's like i i'm sure if you wanted to you would have muscled your way in there anyway which wow look at american history when it comes to treating the natives well, it's really on brand for the country, but he wouldn't have been allowed to go in. Mm-hmm. But well, also, you know, uh, the Puerto Ricans were, you know, they wanted Biden to come down and, and speak to them. I don't know. One of the people said that, that the Democrats could have got even more of the Latino vote through, you know, Puerto Ricans. They're telling them that you should have came down to speak to us. Uh, one of the people who was representing Puerto Ricans, she was speaking for the Democrats. She said that the Democrats should have definitely... And, uh, you know, because they know what Trump did to the did to Puerto Rico after the big, you know, hurricane that they had there. And he didn't send them anything through him, basically went around handing out paper towels or whatever he did. But they even felt that that it could have blew him away even more. Although I, I think I think Biden probably made a, a decent choice in maybe sidestepping some of the Latinos who are more maybe traditional. And the reason I'm saying that is. A lot of Latinos are traditional. And we talked about this earlier. It's not just the socialism that made the Democrats lose a chunk of the Latino electorate. It's our values as a culture. Many Latinos are extremely traditional. We're, we're very religious. We're very Catholic. We're very Christian. Um, very, you know, men and women are men and women. And that's what marriage is. And no abort. Like, I'm surprised more Latinos are not Republican. And yeah. watch out for the day when Republicans stop being racist and embrace Latinos. The Democrats will have... they. See, but this is, this is, this is part of the messaging thing that mystifies me because if you look at the two candidates from a traditional viewpoint, you know, the only reason Biden has a second wife is because his first wife was killed. Trump's on number three. Uh, you know, the, the man is the, the antithesis to everything that 
quote-unquote values voters hold sacred. Joe Biden is a church-going Catholic. I mean, it's like, if, if I mean, Kat, everything you just said about, you know, the, the Latin community is largely, it's true, and you you know better than I being a part of it. But the, the thing that mystifies me is like, much like socialism versus fascism, it's like, if you truly believe in, in these values, how are you supporting this guy versus this guy? Because it's not religion, it's traditionalism, and traditionalism is different. This The tradition is the patriarchy, it's machismo, it's toxic masculinity, um, it's control of women, and, and that's what it is. It's not Jesus. Honestly, Jesus has nothing to do with it. <laughs> it's well, that's other values. Brought, I mean, a lot of the black dudes, that's why they were joining up with Trump because he spoke to masculinity. They threw all that stuff out of the window because they threw morals and values. And you can't have it both ways. You can't be like Jerry Falwell. I mean, that's why the evangelicals <clears throat> get in trouble because they say, well, wait a minute, you're over here talking about abortion, but yet you're letting it go over here that you can cheat on your wife and Y'all can be as as freaky as you want, but you're going to ignore that. But yet you want to accuse Democrats of being with pedophiles. But yet you're over here doing all your dirt, too. And yet, okay, so who? Pay no attention to the dirt behind the curtain. I've dated traditionalist Latinos like that, and they've cheated on me. (laughs) Or I'm talking about my uncles, my grandfather. I'm talking about my cousins who they were Trump. They're Trump supporters. Even from from all the way in Nicaragua, they were Trump supporters. Trump supporters telling us we should vote for Trump, and these are the same guys who have been emotionally horrible to the women in my family by, like I said, infidelity and, and why, beyond. But, but he doesn't even speak to their interests. Why would you vote? That's just like the redneck. Hey, why are you voting for a guy who is not speaking to your interests that you have? Why are you holding the pail for rich folks who ooh, are ooh, not ooh. going to help you? You're on welfare. You can't sit there. You are the welfare queen. You are on welfare. You need Obamacare. No, 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 no. When I do it, I'm not a welfare queen. I am am taking advantage of the programs that are offered because the Democrats have given me such a raw deal. When you do it, you're a welfare queen. (laughs) Oh, oh. So that's that's the difference. Well, I think there's this. I think a lot... You don't know um, me, man. A lot of Latinos are not on um, not on government aid. Like maybe at some point they have been at, at various points, but you get a lot of Latinos who are small business owners or who work in trades that often deal in cash, what have you. Um, and then they, we all know, and I think this is true of other cultures too. This isn't a Latino thing. It's it. I'm sure it's everybody. We all have that one cousin or that one neighbor who was the welfare queen, and I think there is a big resentment of that welfare queen, especially in the Latino community, because it's but, like, but, well, but, we all know that one person. But, you know, Kat, welfare was created for a reason the same way projects were, okay? You, they, I mean, you know, the GI Bill was created. That's socialism, social security, socialism. It's all social. We set these programs up to help our fellow man, our fellow woman, that, that you know, people who are struggling... Everybody is not trying to become rich. They're trying to just take care of their families, to live a a normal life. They want to be able to buy a home. They want to be able to do things. Everybody can't afford. I mean, we have all these great doctors, but all this great medical. We got people who can get cocktails to 
help them live, but no one else can get them. But if we get, we give it to you. Oh, you now have socialism. Ooh, you're so you're such a bad person, or you're a welfare queen because you had to get food stamp because you aren't down on your luck. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe one of your kids ended up getting seriously injured and you didn't have the money. I mean, yet. yeah, yes, yes, yes. I I agree with you. But the other thing is, is kind of going back to what we talked about earlier with socialism in Latin America is it was almost its own fascism, right? And so there is, a, it's intense. It's not just, oh, we dislike it. It's a, oh, I have friends who died and were killed by socialists, right? And that's a lot more emotionally visceral and really gets seared into your mind. You know, when you're, when I have a friend who's, um, his father was thrown into prison for two years because he wrote a letter to Fidel Castro and like put it on a town um, bulletin board because uh, they sent him like away from his wife, I think, for two years. And he was upset that he got sent away from his wife uh, for, for military stuff. And he, so he complained. And then, yeah, he got thrown into prison for some time over but, that. Yeah, That's, but, you know, this is, but, but our stuff, what I'm saying... We fought for civil rights. We fought for these things, and they are ours. That's why we people died for folks to be able to go vote, you know, to be able for, for women to vote, for us to be able to, to go and stand in line and, and be Americans. People died for that. Well, you know, I, women fought in wars, and yet someone's telling me, oh, I don't deserve that, or you can't take a knee, you can't do this. Fuck you. And that's what I... You know, you got some serious ignorance, you know, that you need to, to understand. And there are folks that probably wouldn't would like for things to go back to the way that they were back in the 50s and, and, and 60s when they were felt like they were in control of stuff. But you can't do that when you have so many immigrants coming to your country. You can't holler about immigration when you're also welcoming that, that into a country that's built immigrants yeah and they need those immigrants they need those immigrants on their side if they're going to keep those uh traditional values going um because guess who else has machismo uh the rest of the countries outside of western europe pretty much yeah i mean it's it's, it's you you know and then they say oh you know we don't want we don't want uh, uh you're worried about uh women you know going to school or having us having free college what's wrong with you they get free. That's why people from other countries they're getting free education. Then they come here and take your job. Well, you know, you're it's... allowed to get an education. It used. To, I mean, now we're going back to the things of, of you know. You said, well, what, what do you do with a high school student? Well, we spend two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year in juvenile hall for one child. Two hundred and fifty grand to lock a kid up in juvie, and yet you're you're complaining. That's okay. Spend my tax dollars to lock his ass up, but not spend my tax dollars to put it into his community and make him a better human being so he does not have to go to jail, that he can go to college, that you yeah. make sure that his parents have a job so they can send their kids to school because that's where your money's going. Your money is going, and people don't even know this, that they spend two hundred fifty grand to send a kid to juvenile hall. One kid. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's, that's Harvard money. Oh, there's a ton of money in private prison. That's it's literally well, set up is, that but way. This is, but no, but this is county. This is right, but it's right a pipeline. Is, I'm just saying it's a pipeline. You know where I'm working at. This is county, so your tax dollars is going right there, paying for it. 
and hey, he gets he's the, the the juvenile hall looks like a little city. They got a school, they got an infirmary, they got everything. But what? you know, no one's complaining about it. Say, like, oh, we don't want stop this, shift that money. Like you said, Kat, earlier, the Democrats should have never used the word defund. That was the wrong word. You got to watch how, like you said, it's marketing. You got to put the right words out. I don't know who was talking to them, but when the Black Lives Matter people start talking that, it's like, uh-uh, wrong <clears throat> word. They're going to get you with that, and they ran with it. You shouldn't have used it. I, got, I understand what you wanted to do. You should have used reform or some other word, but not defund. Right. Because then they started all of this, ooh, they're coming for your jobs and the whole boogeyman shit, and it's over. Well, ideally, you know? we've we've got four years to, to sell them on that, depending on how the next you know, 70, 69 some odd days go. Last thing I want to talk about on that, and you know, I joked when we were doing the intros, uh, changing the name of the show to Let's Be Transitional, but I'm I'm a little concerned like not to go all susan collins on everybody but with what trump has been doing in the past week with the pentagon and the intelligence services i don't know the end game i don't know what's going on here but when you're supposed to be transitioning to a new government but instead you're taking strategic military positions and giving them to toadies and yes men this is this is concerning, no? <laughs> uh, well, he seems like a double agent. I've always felt he's been a double agent. I think that he is, I mean, because it's working. Russia, you know Putin's sitting back loving it. Hey, yeah, get rid of some more people. Fire yeah, some more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and one of the things that I was reading this week was a Twitter thread about the history of Parler, uh, this, you know, new, basically it's it's Nazi Twitter. But the, the guy who founded Parler basically married a Russian honey trap, as as the spy kids uh, call them, and it's it's basically Parler is what if RT uh, Russia Today started started their own Twitter, <laughs> and and so it's this like Russian intelligence based, most likely social media platform where a lot of the conservatives and a lot of the, the pro-Nazi folks, Proud Boys, Fox News, whatever they are, they're all running a parlor. And it it's kind of one of those things of like, on one side, you want to stop them and, and go, guys, you're, you're getting played. This is, this is not going to end well. And then on the other side, you're like, Willy Wonka, stop, help, police. It's, it's called enough rope. Go use it hang yourselves. And I think with what we're seeing, I, we, we were talking earlier about how people are saying Trump is going to start his own cable channel or whatever. I honestly hope that Donald Trump becomes the next Rush Limbaugh, not so much for the broadcasting, but for the terminal brain cancer. Um, <laughs> I will support that as well. And Rush is still alive in this moment? Sadly, yes. Okay, not yeah. much longer, though. Well, you know, hopefully I, I would love to see him live through Inauguration Day and see Biden and Harris come into the power that the voters have given them come January 20th. 
Yeah, let's let's get him through there. That sounds good. Yeah, that should be that should be the last thing he sees before the ghost of Antonin Scalia puts a pillow over his head. <laughs> and and that ghost is going to look curiously like Don Jr. But this yeah. is a rich fantasy world in which I live, and it's it's a fun place. I highly recommend he's visiting. Doesn't Don Jr.'s eyes always look glossy? Like he's, you know, he's a cokehead. He's got to be. Oh God! He's coke, Adderall. I mean, there's like a combination of stuff for sure. I think Based he's on my exes and what I've seen. So <laughs> that wasn't I... married him or, or is with him? No, no, huh? they're Kimberly Guilfoyle. Oh my God! What is what is what is uh, the deal with her? Uh, I, if there's like, the white lady, if there's a meth that like preserves your teeth. Uh, that's, that's what I think she's doing, but I, I don't know. Um, well, I, I think we've, we've had, uh, we're, you know, this, this talk about, uh, the, the great potential for terminal brain cancer, um, <laughs> nothing else saved our country in the last four years. We, you know, there's Mueller, we can only hope. And so let's leave on a hopeful note. It, it is a beautiful day in Los Angeles. Uh, it's It's been really cold here for L.A. I, I shudder as a, a former Chicagoan saying that, you know, know, 40 at night is cold. But you know what? It's cold. Uh, <laughs> California cold is different than Midwest cold. Oh, definitely. It it's just dry cold. It, it cuts <laughs> right in you. <laughs> <laughs> that it is so let's go get out into the dry and enjoy our days i want to thank you guys for being with us it has been it, it i've had fun hopefully you have too cat alvarado thank you so much for being here should you so desire where can people catch up with what you've got going on in person or online in the coming days weeks and months well, so Villains of History Season 3 is out. We've done some really cool Ooh. episodes. We did one on the Boogaloo Boys. I just did Leopold II of Belgium. Um, who else? We did uh, the Rwandan Genocide, Robespierre. Um, excited. Busy. I'm excited about the episodes we have planned for this season. It's fun. Uh, so that's Villains of History, which is on Apple and Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are found, really. And then you can also find out more about me at catalvarado.com or you can follow me on instagram at the cat alvarado that's c-a-t-a-l-v-a-r-a-d-o right on well thank you for being with us today amy witchery it has been too long so so glad you could make it to be with us today should you so desire where can people catch up with what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days weeks and months yeah they shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's fair thank you <laughs> well thank you thanks for being with us here today it's uh always great to have you on mr time and ship always a pleasure to have you with us as well should you so desire where can people catch up with what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days weeks and months uh, time and ship on Twitter, time and ship Instagram, time and ship on Facebook. Uh, you can get my book, My St. Louis, on Amazon.com and my comedy CD, Universal Brother, also on Amazon. That's pretty much it for me. Right on. Well, thank you for joining us. Looking forward to the next time as well. Me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. You can find me on the Facebook, Dr. David Robinson, all spelled out. On the Twitter, I am at Stand Up Fall Down. 
And strangely enough, you can catch me here every week. This show, if you've made it this far, you probably already know, but it bears repeating, is also on the socials, on Facebook, all spelled out, let's be treasonable. And on the Twitter, we are at L-E-T-S-B-T-R-E-A-S-O-N-A-B-L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you, the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, I want to thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please tell everyone you know, rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening, even the platforms where you're not. That's something fun to do if you didn't like what you heard well not sure why you're still with us but thanks for sticking around you don't tell anyone we won't tell anyone everybody's cool deal sounds good to me we will be back next week hopefully you will too until then goodbye